A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. MyJustice.com When asked to name his favorite family members, he asks if the animals in the barn count. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. Hey, good morning to you. Welcome aboard. I've got you for the next hour here on the Midwest Farm Report. Again, my name is Josh Scramlin, and it is Tuesday, January 5th, 2021. We've got a whole lot of agribusiness news straight ahead, but I want to give you a little tidbit that just recently came across my desk. According to the USDA, the Wisconsin all-milk price for November of 2020, so these are the most recent figures that we have, was $22.70 per hundredweight. That was $1.20 higher than the price before, so October 2020, and it was 20 cents higher than November of 2019's price. Now, obviously, with that being said, that is not taking into account the producer price differential, the PPD, but face value, according to the USDA, the price per hundredweight, $22.70 per hundredweight. So if you'd like to see that full Wisconsin price report, you can do so by going to MidwestFarmReport.com. And also, while you're checking out our website, make sure to stop by the Century and Sesquicentennial Farm Salute. That is presented to you by Copier Financial, along with the help of the All of Us Research Program. We're going to be hearing from a young farmer that wants to take over the family farm in Brown County in just a moment. Can't get enough farm news? The stories you hear and more 24-7 at MidwestFarm.com. Report.com. You know truck duallys, but have you thought about a dual career providing the ability to farm and work for great benefits? From farm implement parts to medical equipment to power tools, Signacast builds the things that help build America. Work shifts allow for 78 fewer days at work per year. Signacast is now hiring production and maintenance employees at their Hartford location, a clean, high-tech workplace. Build your future at Signacast.com careers. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1965. And by your Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin exists to be a tireless advocate, marketer, and promoter for Wisconsin dairy farmers by growing demand for their dairy products. Keep up with Pam on social media, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter, and at MidwestFarmReport.com. We all know that farming is a family tradition, but what does it mean to carry that through? From the western end of the world's longest barn in La Crosse, I'm Caitlin Riley, and I grew up on my family's farm, but of course, I work here in radio with you folks, Josh, and I can tell you, it is a lot of work in and out, and the thought of going back and taking over your family's farm might be more than what some of us anticipated. (laughs) Yeah, Caitlin, I'm in the same situation as you. Josh Scramlin here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. My family still actively farms. And when I go back on weekends or if I'm there for any extended amount of time, my dad sucks me back in and makes me haul hay. Um, But, you know, it was never really in the cards for me to take over the farm. But for so many folks in Wisconsin, it is. But it's such a lengthy process. And I'm certainly not trying to discourage anybody, but there's a lot that goes into 
into it. And one of the folks that is finding that out right now is 23-year-old Luke Wavernick of Brown County, Denmark to be exact. He is looking to take over his family's dairy, and he's learning everything that goes into that process. I'm from a 130-cow farm. I've been running that with my my dad really since I graduated from from high school. I have four older siblings, and they all kind of took their own path going different places in life from the medical field, insurance, and then my sister works for Edge and DBA. Um, So I've kind of taken more towards the the farm and just kind of the the ownership and then also just kind of management responsibilities that way. Uh, So currently this last year is really kind of when we started talking about transitioning into the farm and ownership to try to extend the process out as much as possible. So my dad's going to be turning 63 and I'd really like to have full ownership of the farm before he turns 70 because I feel like by the time he gets to 70 he shouldn't have to be responsible and I if I'm running the farm completely I don't want to have not full ownership of it. Yeah. Well, let's break down the process because I don't think people realize just how difficult it is for it to hop from one generation to the next. Everybody's always excited when you're like, oh, the next generation's taking over. But then once the confetti falls... You're looking around like, what do we do? I mean, so how difficult is that process? Absolutely. So it's difficult for for the person coming in, but then it's also difficult for the people that are trying to get out and and get the value of all the years that they've put into into their farm. So especially in dairy farming, it's really – it's very – equity rich you have a lot of assets but the the liquidity is difficult because when you sell it it's just sold once and it's not something that can completely keep going so you're not making a lot of cash to, to carry over from year to year so for for our process um with with our farm um everything's trying to get paid for with the farm so that way my parents have to pay the least amount of taxes possible is kind of is, is our goal so for us um, we're starting off with, with our with our equipment and our animals. Um, so I'm going to be able to make money with the equipment and the animals, and then be able to pay off the land and the and the, the buildings after that point. Um, so really, the whole process kind of starts with just the conversation. Uh, um, so figuring out what do your parents want to get out of it, what is the time period that they're looking for, and then also what is your time period. Um, so starting that conversation as early as possible is the best uh, advice that I could give to another young mm-hmm. producer. Uh, and then after that, it's kind of figuring out, okay, what do you want to do? And then what do I want to do? And then how how are we going to make that happen? And also getting a third-party person involved. So that way you really can kind of get your thoughts out and then kind of have somebody organize what, what, you, what you want to do and kind of give you advice and guidance from there. I'm curious, the conversations between you and your parents, like who initiated that? How did it all begin? Uh, I, I feel like I started it, so I kind of brought it up. But then after I brought it up, it was something that kind of fizzled away, and it didn't really move too far on. Uh, but my mom, uh, so me and my dad farmed together, and my mom has a job off the farm. Mm-hmm. And my mom's kind of looking towards retiring now. And because of her retirement, she would like her my dad to be retired mm-hmm. and be able to do the things that she wants to do with him. Um, so she's the one that really made the big step forward by going and talking to the lawyer and getting the transition paperwork started and, and really pushing the button. Mm-hmm. Were they difficult conversations to have? Because the whole time, I mean, it's, it's been you and your dad working in a partnership and now all of a sudden you're going to be the top gun when he gets out. Yeah. Um, I think the most difficult conversations are, are just the, the insurance. So 
assuring your parents that this is what you want to do and that you are making these decisions because it's something that you actually want and desire, not because you feel pressured to be in there. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) that was probably the most difficult conversation that I've had to deal with with my parents. It's just them wanting to know, okay, is this something that you actually want to do? And (laughs) understanding the commitment that you're making. Mm -hmm. So from where we're at now, and do, do you mind me asking how old you are? 23. Oh, okay. Well, that's funny. I'm 23 too. So (laughs) look at us go. But okay. So you're 23 right now. At what age, like this is going to be, this is going to be what a five or six year process. At, at very minimum. Um, so kind of what my ideal time frame is that I'd like to have the farm completely transitioned by the time my dad turns 70. Um, and he's 63. So about a seven-year process is what I'm hoping. Um, but I could be longer, especially with the with the land. Um, the, the value of that is, is, a, is a big part of it. Yeah, what are the things that have kind of popped up here and there? Like the little fires that you maybe weren't anticipating, but things that pop up and you're like, okay, yeah, we definitely need to get that taken care of before I take over the farm. Uh, kind of just decision making. Um, and then also because with, when you're running a farm, there's a lot of different people involved. So you you try to be an expert, you you have a little bit of knowledge in all these different fields, but you can't be an expert in every single spot. So you have a nutritionist, you have an agronomist, you have, uh, people that are helping you with your calves, you have your veterinarian. Well, okay. If, if you don't feel like you're, expert in that area is holding up to what you your accountability your accountability that you're looking for in them now you need to have that conversation with two people rather than just my dad making that decision before like i need a new nutritionist i need a new agronomist where now i feel like i I want to make changes but but it's still in his ownership it's still his decision to make so that's something that's probably been the biggest roadblock like a hurdle that we're just trying to work through I think I've been neglecting to ask you a really important question, but um, what, what made you want to take over the farm? Uh, so a big part of it is so my, my, my family members. So having my siblings doing their own dif- different thing uh, was a big part of it. So then I, I saw a lot of potential um, in, in just kind of our farm, but then also in, in agricultural in general. Um, I, I really enjoy working in agriculture, but I wouldn't want to have a job off the farm where I wasn't the owner. Right. Um, so given the opportunity where I could own my own business and, and kind of make it grow from there is where I really kind of got interested in our farm. Out of your friend group, say like your five or six closest friends, are you the only one that's going back to the farm or are some of your other friends thinking about it as well? Uh, I, I have a... A cousin that um, just purchased the farm, and then I have another cousin that is really interested in beef farming, um, but he's uh, just kind of, he's, he's starting off small. He's working his way into it, and then his parents they own land, but they're renting it out right now. So transitioning that back from rented land to he wants to start his own cropping, he wants to start raising more animals and, and that kind. So I, I have a couple friends that are interested in it, but yeah, it's. Their parents have already kind of sold their operations where, where they're not currently still working um, and, and then now trying to get that back or, or, or start running again, bringing new animals on. So that's the big process going from, okay, somebody else is running it. I have a constant paycheck coming in. Now I'm trying to start it up myself again. Right. All right. And then, Luke, before I let you go, things that you think that people around our age should know, that early 20s, mid 20s, even early 30s, that's still a young producer. Things that you want them to know if they are thinking about taking the farm over. Uh, 
So start it as early as possible. Um, if, if you're in your 30s and your 40s, it's going to be a lot more difficult to make that transition. Um, so if you're really interested in agriculture and you really want to own your own business, it's to start the conversation, whether it's with a neighbor farmer or, or just someone in your area. Um, and, and because farmers are, are willing, they would love to see the way their operation is ran kind of continued that way. So being able to start that conversation and work your way into it. That's Luke Wavernick. He is a 23-year-old dairy farmer in Brown County, the town of Denmark to be exact. And he is planning on taking over his family's farm. So many times we talk about how exciting it would be for the next generation to take over the farm. But it's easier said than done. And as Luke and I just talked there, when it comes to a dairy operation, so they have 130 cows, it's going to take them a minimum of seven years to fully make that transition by the time it is all said and done. But if you take your time and map it out, it certainly can be done, and it is certainly exciting to see young farmers like Luke become the face of their farm. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. What weather is in store for the Midwest today? Stay tuned as ag meteorologist Stu Muck gives you the latest forecast in just moments, right here on the Midwest Farm Report. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental Toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, A neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to Cleary Building Corporation. They protect what you value. Visit clearybuilding.com to see the Cleary difference. Equity Livestock Co-op. Marketing your livestock, financing your operation, and supporting the livestock community. And Wisconsin Farm Bureau, the state's largest general agricultural organization. Join now at wfbf.com. Keep up with Pam on social media. Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter and at MidwestFarmReport.com. He takes being called a pig as a compliment. 
because he knows that they're smarter than most dogs and people. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. It is a Tuesday morning here in Wisconsin. Time to check the weather. Let's bring in ag meteorologist Stu Muck. So, Stu, we were talking before we went on air. I just got a light, light dusting of snow here in Madison. Were you seeing any snow, anything anywhere else? Not much more than that. There were some snow a little brief snow shower, and that really about all would develop. Nothing to really talk about on weather radar this morning. A little thin line from the eastern parts of the UP down into lower Michigan, but that's all pulling east and away. It really is going to be a pretty quiet day here. The biggest thing to talk about is that fog and the freezing fog. And there is a dense fog advisory in western Wisconsin until 10 a.m. this morning. Of course, we'll include areas like La Crosse and Boston and up toward Eau Claire and way down toward uh, Lancaster and Platteville. But everybody else not in the dense fog advisory. Nonetheless, there's fog. And that's going to be a, a common thread yet for a few more days this week. I expect that fog this morning and again tomorrow morning. And it's possible even into early Thursday. But by that time, we may finally be drying things out somewhat. There's just another weak disturbance that's going to try to build in, and it may bring a little light snow into southwest Minnesota and Iowa yet later today and could mean far southern Wisconsin with a bit of that chance as we look at midweek, but very small chances of very, very light precipitation and otherwise pretty mild. You know, temperatures a little on the above normal side, 26 and normal high right now. And we're going to talk about low 30s the next several days. In fact, right on through the end of the week, maybe a little cooler in the upper 20s for the weekend and early next week. That's still just a little above normal. And that sounds pretty comfortable indeed. Not adding a lot of stress to us or our livestock as far as how things are going on. You know, we'd like to see a little more snow cover, I'm sure, in most areas. But that's not in the picture this week either. I'll have forecast details right after this. Compeer Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compeer Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our unique perspective finds solutions to your challenges. And our specially trained financial team guides you every step of the way. Partner with us to make your goals possible. Compeer.com. Compeer Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. NMLS number 619731. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board and BadgerBean.com, helping farmers grow sustainable crops to feed a hungry planet. Focus on the future. Farm First represents dairy farmers in the halls of Congress and provides test verification, disaster assistance, and youth scholarship benefits. Farm First Dairy Co-op. Keep up with Pam on social media, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter, and at MidwestFarmReport.com. It's Josh Scramlin for the Midwest Farm Report on a Tuesday morning. Just looking at current temps, it's 30 and cloudy in Green Bay, and it is 16 and clear in La Crosse. Stu, with that being said, what can we expect weather-wise today? Well, not too bad of a January day. There is that dense fog advisory lacrosse in Boston until 10. Some fog, maybe even an area of freezing fog could pop up yet this morning. And otherwise, I'm expecting a fair amount of sun. We'll call it partly sunny. Could even be brighter in the west. Look for temps in the low 30s today. The west winds only about 5. Becoming mostly cloudy and fog and freezing fog developing again late in the night. The overnight low in the mid-teens with winds becoming east at 5 after some morning fog. 
you guessed it, another cloudy day Wednesday, low 30s with east winds at 5, and there'll still be some clouds around most cloudy Thursday. Could be up to near 34 with the northeast breeze at 5, low 30s and mostly cloudy Friday. The one thing you sense here, Josh, it's going to be a little on the cloudy side, but fairly mild, and it stays that way right into next week. All right. Uh, we'll take it, Stu, and I will talk with you tomorrow, okay? All right. You have a great day. Yes, you as well. That's Ag Meteorologist Stu Muck. We connected live with him via Skype. And then getting back to those current conditions that we are seeing right now, it is 23 and foggy in Wausau. It is 30 and cloudy in Oshkosh. It's 12 and mostly clear skies in Mauston. It's 28 and cloudy in Whitewater. And it is 28 and cloudy in Shano. Here's what we got coming up the rest of the show. Uh, in about 15, 20 minutes, I'm going to connect with John Heinberg. He's a market advisor out of West Bend. And we're going to talk about Everything you need to know that's happening in your markets this morning. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Huh, nice. Hardwood floor. Or is it? Sounds like a floor. It's not squishy. That's good. Floors aren't supposed to squish. Goes wall to wall, like good floors do. And I'm walking all over it. Usually, a dead giveaway that it's a floor. But it's not a floor. This is a mattress. Charlie Heidel's for 52 days. People like Charlie are scattered all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply nearly $400,000 in bedding, furniture, clothing, and household items to people like Charlie. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in food, shelter, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. It's that time of year for giving and taking. With so many people shopping online because of the pandemic, this holiday season, we are expected to have a record-breaking year for home deliveries and those pesky porch pirates. These adventurous thieves feast on crimes of opportunity, often finding their treasure in apartment complexes and vulnerable front porches. If you'd like to keep your deliveries, Madison Erie Crime Stoppers has a few package theft prevention tips. Have your packages held at your local carrier facility for pickup. Take advantage of ship-to-store for curbside pickup or check out Amazon's locker feature. You can request that your package have a signature confirmation upon delivery. Ask your carrier to place packages in an area out of Plain view. Have packages delivered to your work, schedule delivery for times you will be home, have packages delivered to a neighbor who is home, or install a video doorbell. Since they are already on your property and porch, some of these porch pirates will also check for unlocked doors. So make sure that the exterior of your home and any vehicles are locked up every day and night. If you have any information regarding porch pirates, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. Smog, garbage, sewers, car exhaust. Today's world puts our sense of smell on overload. Luckily, there are places we can go to refocus our senses. Our national wildlife refuges. When you visit, your nose will instantly recognize the purity of nature. Bask in the aromatic scent of the black pine trees blowing in the wind. Detect the sweet fragrance of primroses wild violets, and blue sage. Smell the fresh salt water in the air as waves crash into rocky shoals. When you smell these things, you're smelling the world the way we found it. 
With over 500 refuges across America, you don't have to go far to make a special connection with nature. Learn more at fws.gov refuges. That's fws.gov refuges. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds, jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling, the shine and diamonds, but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days. They may have that traditional feel, that traditional customer service, but they also have the new modern looks of today. Stop in and take a look at their jewelry case. Talk to the staff. Find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create. Go online, goodmansjewelers.com. So I'm a concrete geek. What of it? When most kids were discovering Play-Doh and modeling clay, I had the privilege of playing with concrete. When you grow up in a family business centered around the concrete making process, it's only natural to be drawn to all the practical possibilities. I'm proud to be a concrete geek. The concrete producing company. The contractors rely on advanced concrete. Producing concrete foundations to maintain concrete relationships. A trusting family gives its members the support they need to make it through life. You could say the same about Compel Consulting. They're your most trusted provider of computer services, combining personalized service with affordable solutions for business owners right here in Madison. And they respond to their customers' computer problems within 60 minutes or less. Schedule a free technology assessment with Compel today and be more productive tomorrow. Visit CompelNetworks.com. Compel Consulting, professional IT solutions, just like having family in the IT biz. I think this uh, this cat, number 12, been the most happiest he's been in quite some time. Humming on offense. Their team's 13-3. and three. They're the number one seed in the NFC. Aaron Rodgers, a landslide. Odds on favorite to win the MVP. What is he, minus 3,000 now? Minus 3,000. All but locked up, just like Devontae Adams said. Here is Aaron Rodgers, who after the game yesterday against the Bears, he now has 48 touchdowns. That's a franchise record. He... Previously hold the franchise record at 45 in 2011. Here's Rodgers talking about if he, if he thought he'd ever top his uh, production in 2011. It's just things that happen in the regular season where, you know, you don't have, you know, a lot of guys, you know, getting stopped at the one-yard line or inside the five or dropping touchdowns. You know, you kind of max out on the amount of touchdowns you get. So, no, you don't expect to ever do that, really. I mean, you can talk about how cool it would be to, you know, have 50 touchdowns, five picks, but, you know, those aren't necessarily the goals that you focus on. I think the goals Rodgers is focusing on is hoisting another Lombardi's trophy. Here's Rodgers on a special season for him. I've really just tried to, to have a good perspective, an attitude of gratitude, and just to really enjoy every moment of, of this season. And that's why, you know, although it might not have been the most fun, just because I missed the fans, it was maybe the most special regular season. Yeah, just think if Rodgers would have fans in the stands to help celebrate these stats. 4,299 yards, 70.7% completion, 48 touchdowns, which I just said, franchise record, 51 total touchdowns, a franchise record, and only five interceptions. 
exceptions. Roger says there was a level of efficiency he wanted to get to this season. I felt like you know I've been playing at the level that I expected to play at this year. Thought I was capable of playing at, and you know it goes back to the mindset and the offseason work. And I'm really proud of that part of it. There's a lot of people that had a role in that, um, especially in the months in March and April and May, doing my rehab, my body work, and my workouts. Um, those are really really important. And one more from Rogers. Before we get comments here from Rowdy, I see the phone lines blowing up, so hang on one second. Rodgers would not be able to do this without a guy named Devontae Adams. And Rodgers speaks about Devontae Adams. First, Devontae Adams in the press yesterday said, Rodgers, MVP, give it to him. He wrapped it up. Here's Rodgers talking about Adams. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what I told Tay in the locker room. I said 13 and a half games, and you just had the greatest season of a Packer receiver in history. And it got me emotional. gets me emotional in this moment. I just have a ton of respect and appreciation for him and what he's accomplished. Uh, it's been an unbelievable year. Uh, he's just such a special, special player. Rowdy, I mean, I don't know what else you can say about Devontae Adams and Rodgers, that connection, because it is, as he just said, special. Well, I think the biggest thing that I'm impressed with with Aaron Rodgers is how easy he made it look this year. How efficient he was this season. And we're talking about how he didn't have weapons going into the season, which I think we, a lot of us still agree with. Yeah. He had Devontae Adams and then a lot of question marks. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, Bob Tunyon, he kind of emerged as a tight end. He's got like, what, 12 touchdowns now? You had uh, MVS have flashes. You had Alan Lazard have flashes. And then, obviously, Devontae Adams had probably the best season for an NFL wide receiver and this year. And he missed games. <laughs> and he missed two games. Wow. But I'm so impressed with how efficient he is and how about the fact that he raised his completion percentage nearly 9%. Unbelievable. From 62.0, 62.0 in 2019 to 70.7% completion percentage, and that led the NFL this year. Wild. And I just think about it as... You know, the 2017 year where Rodgers was up and down, kind of shaky, and then he, he broke the collarbone, and then he tried to come back, and it was kind of like herky-jerky. To 2018, where he hurt the leg against the Bears, and yep. it never seemed like he was right ever since then. There were also some bickering between him and McCarthy, and it was getting... The relationship was bad. It, it was, it was soured. It was soured. And the completion percentage really wasn't there. And then even into 2019, when he was supposedly healthy in the first year of, of Matt LaFleur's offense, he was still missing receivers that he normally didn't miss. Like We know Aaron Rodgers as a top-five quarterback in the NFL that can pretty much put the football wherever he wants it, and he just really wasn't doing that last season. No, He was missing receivers well, he had, uh, that were open at times, and then this year, everything's on the money. Everything well, is right where it has to be. Last year... Or was it the year before? Rodgers had 58 throwaways and he was 26th completion percentage in the league. I believe that was 2018. Yeah, that was that was yeah, the last, last year, year of him McCarthy. and McCarthy where he was calling his own plays. He had 58 throwaways, some, 26 in completion. Some people may or may not have thought that he was potentially uh, missing throws or, on purpose. Or on purpose. A man that knows any food tastes better when deep fried and served on a stick. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. We'll catch you up on all the news you need to know in just a moment. But first, let's take a look at what happened on this day in history. 
It was on January 5th, 1933, that construction began on the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. It opened in 1937. It took about four years to build. And when it opened, the initial toll to cross the bridge by car was 50 cents each way. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but this was during the Great Depression. So that is roughly equivalent to an $18 round trip in 2021. And then also just a quick happy birthday to Diane Keaton. She turns 74 today. Marilyn Manson turns 51. And Bradley Cooper turns 45. Again, my name is Josh Scramlin, and right now I am sitting behind the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk taking a look at what is happening in your world on a Tuesday. A new year means a new Congress with new members. And for agriculture, this is a big year because last year we lost a lot of the familiar faces that the agriculture sector has known for decades. Chad Smith from the American Farm Bureau Federation is standing by with more on that. Chad, what can you tell us? Getting to know the new faces in Congress will be a big priority for the American Farm Bureau. Dale Moore is the executive vice president of the American Farm Bureau. He says they'll also need to get to know the new people in ag leadership positions as well. We've been working with our state farm bureaus to put together information packets so that we can come to a new congressman or congresswoman and say, here's who we are, here's some of our key issues that we will be working on. David Scott from Georgia is going to be the chairman, someone that we've worked with a lot. T.T. Thompson, who will be the ranking Republican on the House Agriculture Committee. As we look over to the Senate side, we have Senator Bozeman coming in. That's Senator John Bozeman of Arkansas, who will succeed Pat Roberts as Senate Ag Committee Chairman. Moore says a couple of the biggest priorities the Farm Bureau will work on include trade and getting ready for the new farm bill. Trade has been a front and center issue, whether we're looking across the Pacific at China and the Pacific Rim countries, Japan, South Korea, and so forth. And as we look across the Atlantic Ocean, we're seeing that Great Britain and Europe have finally got their Brexit agreement put together. And we look forward to hopefully making some progress with the European Union. The new farm bill is going to be an interesting one, given all that we've been through between the trade wars, certainly with the impact of COVID on farmers and ranchers, livestock producers across the country. Ensuring farmers have a steady supply of guest worker labor will be another key priority in the new session. The other area that is always a perennial issue has been ever since I've come to Washington, D.C., and that is ensuring that farmers and ranchers have access to a ready, stable, legal workforce, and that's going to be an ongoing challenge that we're still trying to find answers to. Chad Smith, Washington. All right, Chad, thank you so much for that right there. Did you know that Wisconsin is home to roughly 285,000 beef cows? And beef cows can be found in nearly every county in Wisconsin. So taking that into account, I think this next report will serve very useful. Bob Severa joins us with more. Bob, good morning. A leading market analyst says before cattlemen can understand today's market path or where it might lead, it helps to appreciate where they've been. We were strictly a supply-driven market. We would overshoot the supply target. Markets would break hard. Supplies would drop sharply. There wasn't be enough of it out there. Prices would go straight up, and we'd do that old boom and bust thing that uh, honestly didn't serve anybody very well as we came through uh, that time period in the late 70s through the 80s and 90s. I think when you step back and you look at it, yeah, we lost – 
we lost several producers by the time we got into 2012. Most of those we lost from 2008 to 2012 just because of the magnitude of the drought. But look how things have stabilized. Randy Block credits a strong producer response to the consumer price signals. And though a few ripples remain, the move to higher quality supports that stability. Understand that margin is in the industry. We don't have to go build demand. It is already there. So as we balance supply and demand out here, as we balance, we increase harvest capacity or we decrease the number of animals that are moving through the system, this will be a situation this will ebb and flow. And it will start to balance back out in here over the course of the next several years. We've seen these premiums stay strong all the way through here because more and more consumers, once they taste the good stuff, they want to stay with it, don't they? So this has been a quality movement. The entire U.S. meat industry should grow annual production with greater quality. But cow-calf producers stand to benefit more when that growth stimulates expansion in the beef packing sector. Today, we're at 100 billion pounds of beef, pork, and poultry production. If we assume trendline growth, this would suggest we would have an industry that's producing closer to 150 billion pounds of product by the time we get to 2040. The cow-calf producer needs to be more profitable. The good thing is, is the profitability is in our industry, but we need a little more harvest capacity to balance who's getting what share of that in here today. Block challenged producers to maintain the consumer focus that lifted them from the dimmer outlook of a decade ago. Are we prepared to continue to make the strides, some of the same hard decisions we made 15 and 20 years ago focused on quality? Are we going to be willing to do that as we move forward to where we can increase our global market share and presence? We can't play the commodity game. We have to continue to focus on these high-quality products and we'll win. I'm Bob Cervera. Bob, thank you so much for that. And in other news, on Monday, the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture announced that the 74th Alice in Dairyland Finals, which were set to be held in Walworth County in May of this year, have been canceled. The 75th annual Alice in Dairyland Finals will be held in May of 2022 in Dane County as previously planned. Julia Nunez of Chippewa Falls will continue in her current role as Alice until July 15th of 2022, and she will officially become the 74th Alice in May of this year. That means that she will be both the 73rd and the 74th Alice. From the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, I'm Josh Scramlin. Itching for a market update? The Midwest Farm Report will be right back with a look at the latest from the Chicago Board of Trade. Compere Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compure Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our unique perspective finds solutions to your challenges. And our specially trained financial team guides you every step of the way. Partner with us to make your goals possible. Compure.com. Compure Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. NMLS number 619731. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. 
You know truck duallys, but have you thought about a dual career providing the ability to farm and work for great benefits? From farm implement parts to medical equipment to power tools, Signacast builds the things that help build America. Work shifts allow for 78 fewer days at work per year. Signacast is now hiring production and maintenance employees at their Hartford location, a clean, high-tech workplace. Build your future at Signacast.com slash careers. A man that knows any food tastes better when deep fried and served on a stick. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. All right, let's take a look at your opening markets from Chicago. March corn is going to start off in the red. It's down a quarter of a cent at 483 and three quarters of a penny. And May corn is up a penny at 484 and a quarter. January beans are at 1316 and a half. That's up one and a quarter. And March beans are up two pennies at 1313 flat. And as for your wheat markets, March wheat is up one and a half cents at 642 even. And May wheat is up a penny at 640 and a half. And then as for your dairy markets, butter is down two and a half cents at one thirty nine and a half. Black cheddar is down three and a quarter at one sixty one and three quarters. And cheddar barrel is down six pennies at one forty eight and a quarter. And then finally, let's take a look at your class three fluid milk contracts. They plummeted at the close yesterday, but they've rebounded pretty nicely this morning. Just taking a look at them in the AM here. February milk is up seventy five cents at seventeen eighty seven, while March milk is up seventy five cents as well at eight. 1803. Market advisor John Heinberg joins us live next to talk about it all. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at RuralMutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Who better to taste test your dirt than a worm? <laughs> Tastes like grit. Say what? Grit. I said grit. At Kalani Topsoil, you'll always find the perfect blend. Our soils are mixed specifically for your lawn, garden, or landscape application. You'll love it without having to taste it yourself. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. This is the story of Daniel, who was born two months early. His lungs weren't ready. His heart wasn't ready. His parents could only hope that one day he would leave the hospital healthy and they would all live happily ever after. Daniel's is just one of the more than 500,000 stories of babies born prematurely last year. You can help the March of Dimes stop premature birth and bring more babies home healthy. Learn how at marchofdimes.com. Working together for stronger, healthier babies. He can smell fried cheese curds from 15 miles away. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. 
Oh, these are always the conversations that are so much fun to have, giving you the most update info on the markets. We're going to bring in market advisor John Heinberg from Total Farm Marketing in West Bend. So, John, it's been quite the crazy start to the new year. Let's start with grains. What has been going on there? Yeah, good morning, Josh. Yeah, we've had a pretty crazy ride for the start of 2021 uh, in that grain market, especially that soybean and that corn market. Uh, just kind of recapping yesterday, or I mean, we opened up on Sunday night trade, we shot 30 plus cents higher on beans. Uh, again, I put in new highs. And then as the day went on, we saw those those gains evaporate did at least hold on to some positive gains on, on both corn and beans at the end of the day. So it really kind of set up a mode where what are we going to see today? And right now we're, again, the strength is coming back into the markets. Beans up 20 cents, corn's up about three, four, nowhere near the highs yet from Sunday night. So we got a little bit of a concern. Maybe we got a little bit of a topping action technically, you know, but we're really trying to keep an eye on these outside markets. A lot of the issues yesterday, you know, other than continued forecasts in South America, really, watching Argentina. We saw that stock market or the equity markets really kind of roll over yesterday and put a pretty big sell-off futures down three, 400 points. And when that pressure happened, that just kind of took some risk off across the commodity sector in general. So it was actually still encouraging to see corn and beans kind of at least hang in there and stay positive at the end of the, end of the day yesterday. Yeah, there was that port strike in Argentina. That's something we've been talking about for quite some time. There were all these cargo ships that were being held up. And then in the middle of last week, it ended. So what's the situation now that that port strike is over in Argentina? Well, technically, there was two different strikes going on in Argentina. There was basically the the Soybean Meal Crushers Union. They did settle up on their strike, and they are back working. But the inspectors uh, are still holding out right now, as the last I heard. So they're they're kind of working again, but at the same time, they're still not quite at the getting product out at the level they want to. Uh, so the market, I think, had that pretty well anticipated overall last week, and we kind of saw that anyway. And the way the market reacted uh, when that news came out, we really never saw a lot of selling pressure. We did drop a little bit on beans that day. So there's still some issues going on down there. And then on top of that, you know, they announced last week that they're pulling back on those corn exports and through the month of February, uh, which, you know, basically keeps U.S. as the major game or the only game in town when it comes to global exports on corn. So a lot of the news still is very, very friendly down in that window. And we'll still have to see how things shake out in terms of their weather. So Argentina really stays the focus right now as everything looks pretty good in Brazil when it comes at least to how the soybean crop is going to be coming out. But that Argentina uh, issues in terms of their exports are something we really still got to keep an eye on and watch the headlines for. Hmm. Interesting. Market advisor John Heinberg with Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson in West Bend is along with us this morning. So, John, these milk markets this morning, I mean, you know, at the close yesterday, they were down. This morning, they're limit up. So what is happening in the dairy markets? Well, late yesterday afternoon, uh, USDA came out and announced that they're going to be extending the Farmers to Family Food Box program. And we already kind of knew when the when the package came together for COVID, uh, there was going to be another $1.5 billion earmarked for uh, that type of a program. Never really got any details in that regard or, or official announcement. We did finally get that yesterday. Now, I have no specifics off the USDA email that came to me yesterday, basically, other than saying we're going to continue this and we got $1.5 billion uh, to put out there and how great the program's been in the past. So right now, I've, I would say the milk market's anticipating that coming in again. We don't know any, again, details in terms of when the spending is going to occur, but I would assume it's going to be probably sooner and later. And with that, you're seeing the February, March, April, May, uh, or April contracts trade limit up this morning on the anticipation of the government stepping back into the cheese business.
Yeah, well, well, that leads me to my next question is, you know, this this USDA program, the uh, Farmers to Families Food Box program, you know, it's not really like a blanket good thing for dairy in total because it, it affects uh, certain things differently. So it's good for milk markets. But how is it uh, playing into the other things like uh, black cheddar, butter, things of that nature? You know, just having that extra demand being built in just helps support the market overall. You know, that we're seeing that on the grains. It's a demand-driven market right now. Same thing will ha- you know, happen with the milk market over the summer. You know, the cheese boxes or the boxes that they put together, the one is the dairy box itself. So that does come across and help support all the other legs in terms of the dairy products. But cheese is the biggest benefic- benefactor of that. Same thing, too. They also have a box that's a mixed box that has uh, combinations of everything in there. So that it will come again, come and help the markets out overall. Uh, but, you know, we really saw the impact probably in terms of the cheese markets uh, because of just that straight component going into those boxes. John, if people want to get a hold of you before we go any further, how can they do so? Sure, Josh. Love to talk with them anytime. They can give me a call at 800-334-9779 and just ask for me. Or go ahead and shoot me an email at johnh at totalfarmmarketing.com. All right. For the longest time, we were talking about the aid package that was coming out of Washington. We're going to keep it with politics, but we're going to head south to Georgia. I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the Senate elections that are happening down there today. Are the markets reacting at all? Are those elections having any influence on what we're seeing with commodities? I think that was the biggest concern in the equity markets yesterday, just because obviously if, you know, elections uh, go to the Democrat side, they get control of the Senate, that would change policies uh, or make uh, policy changes a lot easier in terms of that move. So that makes the market extremely cautious. I think that was some of what we saw yesterday, besides it's just being the first trading day of the year. So we're going to really have to see how that kind of plays out. You know, the market could be very, very nervous on the equity side if we do see that turnover in the Democrat Democrats have total control in, t- in terms of Washington, D.C. We can see the stock market pull back pretty significantly on just some of the legislation that could be coming out. That could come across the marketplace and see that, you know, quote unquote, risk off trade like we kind of saw yesterday. Uh, so that's going to be something that's going to be very closely watched in the next few days and see how the market handles that combination. That's going to come into play in terms of the U.S. dollar. It's going to come into play in terms of energies, things of that nature as well. So those things will all have ripple effects across the markets in general. So the next uh, 24 hours, 36 hours until we kind of get some potential resolution down there could be kind of key and keep markets pretty volatile. John Heinberg, market advisor out of West Bend, is with us live right now on the Midwest Farm Report. So we've talked grains, we've talked dairy, we've talked the Senate elections down in Georgia. John, what are maybe uh, one of the other things that we should be looking out for in the next week or two? Well, on that grain side of the equation, we got the USDA report coming up on the 12th, and that's going to be grain stocks uh, as of December 31st, as well as final crop production numbers for next for last year. That's going to be a major mover in terms of what this market's been anticipating. Obviously, we've been pricing in an extremely tight supply with strong demand. There's a lot of question marks out there. What's going to happen with yield? What's going to happen with the demand numbers in terms of this report? So I'm gonna, I'm going to be a little cautious going into that, especially if we stay this strong going into that report that we. We could have one of those situations where the numbers are priced in, we get the numbers we want, and then we see the market take some air out. The market has gotten extremely long in the grain side of the equation, almost historically long in, in 
overall facets here. So that makes me a little cautious that even though the numbers could come in friendly next week, that we could see some pullback. So producers need to still stay disciplined, some targets, make sure we're protecting risk, things of that nature going forward. Uh, but it's going to be a volatile 2021 the way things are starting out. <laughs> I would expect nothing less. John, good to talk with you. We'll talk with you in one week next Tuesday. Sounds great, Josh. Have a great week. All right. Yep. You as well. That is market advisor John Heinberg out of West Bend. He's with Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. Again, if you'd like to get his contact info, you can go to MidwestFarmReport.com. And for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.